never in a million years would have thought like ag would have been the thing like everyone talks about like clothes or just you know the big makeup and so I never thought you know ag based videos would ever be like a thing. I'm your host Miss Bailey Jean and I'm Jonathan Bell and you're listening to the Gen Z Boss podcast podcast dedicated to helping Gen Z succeed in the changing world. We want to help you become a boss in all areas of your life. Whether it be in education, finances, or your career, we research and bring in new guests to help you become a Gen Z boss. So Regan, I just want to start with like, just tell me a little bit like introduction about yourself. We can just like dive in, tell me what you do, what you're about, what you're passionate about. Awesome. Okay. So I guess a lot of you probably listening wouldn't know me unless you're kind of in the ag space or like the rodeo space, but I first and foremost am a full-time grain farmer, but with like a passion in social media. So I've kind of mixed the two with like an outline of owning a boutique on the side. So that's kind of the gist of my life on a daily basis. That's awesome. So when did you start were you always in ag? Is that like a family thing that you like, grew up in? Yes. yes. So my parents have farmed my whole life. Um, my grandparents farmed. My grandparents' grandparents farmed. So it's kind of been like a long line of ag. But I didn't truly, like a lot of kids will be like, oh, yeah, I've been in a tractor since I was three. But my parents, like my dad really did the ag stuff. And then my mom worked um, like in town. And so I never really was around it until my dad actually had an injury in 2006, which left him paralyzed. Um, And so I kind of got thrown into like the tractor helping with like the minor things around seventh grade. And so after that, we moved and we'd come back in the summer to farm. And so I would say it was kind of always like there, like I missed it when I'd be away from it. But when I went to go to college, I was like, I am never coming back to farm. I hate it. Like I spent my entire senior year in a tractor and finished high school online. And I was like, no, I am not working this much. (laughs) And so I went to college and then I ended up having a little girl. And that first year I didn't get to come home to farm. I cried. I was so heartbroken. I was like, okay, but like, I'm going to have to go back. And so I ended up having her and falling into like a social media role and traveling for that. And so that's kind of what I did. I didn't really come back to help farm until COVID happened. So I moved back to South Dakota and just happened to be like, hey, I got this extra free time. You know, after I'm done working on the computer, I'll come out and drive tractor. And it took like three months and I quit my other job. And I was like, yeah, this is what I got to do. <laughs> that is awesome. So talk a little bit more about like the social media stuff that you were doing. So, um, Right, I guess I've always kind of been interested in social media more in the aspect of, I want to say like when I was in high school, it's called like promo modeling, like you got gifts and stuff from companies post pictures in. And so I kind of did that thing for a while because I was like, oh, this is cool getting free product, you know, for just a picture, which I love taking photos, love editing photos. So I was like, give it to me. I am all about this. And so I did that. And then um, I've had like a couple Instagram photos go viral. And then 
kind of when I want to say I just kind of started applying for social media like internships and stuff because I really wasn't going to school for it. I was going to school for more business and finance, but I just had this passion to learn more about social media. So I just kept doing it and I just kept getting social media jobs, which threw me into like this social media position at this company in Texas. And so that was more uh, rodeo based. And so I traveled to like the NFR for two weeks. I'd go to like wholesale shows and I just learned as much as I could about social media. And so that I would just say social media has been like a big thing, a big present since I was in high school, but it just kind of it just kind of always been a thing. So when mm-hmm. I did start farming, I just kind of in like kind of integrated it. But at the time, I didn't really realize I, what I was doing because it was just kind of like a daily life thing. So I just like take viral sounds, but apply them to farming based things, which people in like the ag community just loved. And that was kind of how I just kept doing my content creation there for that. <laughs> Did you ever think when you started doing, like in high school, like taking Instagram photos, did you ever think that it would go to the level it is now and then start combining your two passions with like ag and social media? No, not at all, especially because I feel like when I started to do my social media like research and just like really deep diving into what social media was and how to, you know, make something viral, I never in a million years would have thought like ag would have been the thing like everyone talks about like clothes or just you know the big makeup and so I never thought you know ag based videos would ever be like a thing (laughs) (laughs) I love it you really found a niche (laughs) like I would definitely and it's so funny because you know when you because I I love like traveling and I love going to like Dallas and Denver and just I love big cities and so when I go to big cities and I tell them like what I do or like what my parents do people are just mind blown so I feel like it's almost like a little like niche that's pretty untapped but like a lot of potential so it's just really funny that you know most people wouldn't think of it. (laughs) What opportunities has it given you since like you started putting those two together? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to like, I want to say, um, it's really, I would say like the video base because my boutique is very like Midwestern Mm -hmm. rodeo ag based. I would say like, it's really given me a lot more confidence to keep shifting in that direction versus like going more mainstream with my boutique, just because I didn't really comprehend that I did have the market I had at that point. So taking kind of like the aspect of the ag related and shifting it more towards um my boutique and Mm -hmm. like taking those concepts and the marketing concepts behind that has really I would say like really exponentially like grown that side of my business like crazy and I still do like a lot of um promotional things which before I would say it was a lot more mainstream type of like photography and stuff, but I'm really glad I'm able to kind of like in incorporate like ag related things into different collaborations I do now, just because like my overall goal with videos, with my boutique, anything is just to become a more, uh, just always be like kind of like a educational resource or just always pushing like ag in front of 
people who haven't had the opportunity to grow up in, you know, a Midwest mm-hmm. ag-based opportunity and really see hand in hand how crops grow, how they're harvested, all that fun stuff. <laughs> so there's two things I want to go from that question. First, I want to talk about a little bit about your boutique more. So tell us, for people who have never seen it, heard about it, give us a little like scoop about it. Okay. Um, well, it's called the Cactus Brand. Um, Originally, when I I was like in, I think I was a senior in high school, so I'd graduated early um, because I did finish in the tractor, and so I was like, okay, well, now what do you do? And so my mom had bought my sisters, I have two younger sisters, uh, us this like vinyl machine and heat press, so I was like, I know what I'm doing. So I started making t-shirts and I set up a Shopify store and just made everything rodeo, rodeo based, like as niche as it comes. And so I've definitely expanded from there. It's not just rodeo now, but I started there and I really didn't know what I was doing. I would say I've learned a lot the last two years in like a business sense, Mm. but yeah, so that's kind of basically what that was. I started it in high school and I just haven't given it up since. (laughs) I love that. What kind of ways are you expanding now since then? Um, I would say um, since then, I, so originally I did just start out with vinyl t-shirts. Well, it grew too much. Like I did not have the time to sit down and press shirts for five hours. So I've outsourced a majority of my business, um, uh, especially with drop shipping. I've really done that a lot because farming full-time, my hours are definitely not nine to five or anything like that. So um, I've definitely learned to outsource a lot of the work. I still handle all my social media myself. Um, And so from there, I think with being multifaceted and multi-passionate, you really got to learn to just give things away where you can. Otherwise you will drop every single ball at the same time. Wait, that is such good advice because I feel like so many of us, especially like people that are like hustlers, they'd start all these passions and like different things, but then they don't learn to like let go of some responsibilities. I agree. And that was like one, because I am like a doer myself. Like if I don't do it, it's probably not going to get done right. And so like learning to let things go and learning that outsource was like the biggest biggest lesson I've ever had like especially because I am a mom too and so you know when you have your passions tied in every single direction you're not going to be able to tend to something a hundred percent unless you let it go and that we only hustle because that is something we're passionate about and what we want to make money with and if you're trying to do it all you're not going to make your money that you want and you're not going to be content with yourself because you're just going to be so so burnt out (laughs) I love that. So you also mentioned being a mom. Do you want her to be like involved in like ag and like see all the things that you're doing? And do you ever think when you're starting a project, like I want my daughter to see that mom did this when she's older? Yes. So I love that question. So I always like, the funny thing is, is I never fully envisioned myself becoming a mom. It was a total accident. So I will say she's my biggest blessing. And I mean, at the same time, like, I'm so excited to get to like raise this little woman to just realize she can do whatever she wants in life. And so um, I, I'm trying to like, really get the good words for this. So, you know, I am a woman in ag, like what I do farming, running big machinery is not common. 
at all. And so like most would say it is a man's job. And so I think a big reason I love putting videos and just everything out there of like me and the tractor, me doing this and stuff um, is because one day if she just happens to go scroll through my videos there and she like sees me in this young age just hustling and doing all these big things like, oh, my mom ran a business. My mom also was farming. My mom was also taking care of me. I want her to realize she can truly, truly do anything she wants, whether it is having five businesses and having a family and still wanting to travel. Like I will a hundred percent support her in any way she wants to go because my parents were always very, very supportive of me and any, uh, any direction or any activity I wanted to try. So I definitely want her to always like no, your dream is literally never too big. I live in a town of 500 people. Your dream is not too big. <laughs> I love that. Was there, so you mentioned, you know, like it's not common for women to be an ag. Was that something you've like, were conscious of? It's like when you started like running the farm more and especially when you started like posting it on social media? I, yes, it, it's a very prevalent. I mean, I don't want to like go too far down the road because I don't know who's going to hear this. Um, but I will say it is a little bit harder as a woman in ag to try to like when things break down or things like happen or you're trying to talk to somebody or you go to get parts, people almost like write you off as like the farmer's wife uh, type of a deal. And so it's sometimes a little bit frustrating. And so my mom and I, like I said, my dad had his accident. So it's really just my mom and I, we are a powerhouse. We are a power team. There's no, I will tell anybody like my mom is my best mechanic. I would rather have her than any man on my team. <laughs> and so, uh, which isn't to like say men are bad at it or anything. I just truly think women are very much more detail oriented, which I think sometimes does give us the upper hand in certain situations. So I will say, yes, it is very prevalent in the industry I'm in, like in the position I am to kind of be written off as like, ah, oh, does she really know what she's talking about? Does she? But I will say I've ran into like some very, very amazing men who are like, oh my gosh, like, you are very detailed and like the way you know your screens, the way you know this and that, like better than any man has ever called me to talk about. So, you know, I think in any industry, any corporate world, you kind of always have that, that male stigma of women. So I, but I think that just kind of goes with any industry, honestly. So I love that because I am like all four women, I believe should be in every industry. Um, and I've, like, I grew up in like a rural area too. And I have like, my school had a huge act department and I've always seen women in it, but it's not something that I ever like really knew about. And so when I started looking into your story, I was like, dang, she's out here driving these huge machinery and just like out here doing the work. Because I'm only five foot tall. So like I look tiny, tiny. Like there's women that look small, but then I look like I always make jokes like I look like a 12-year-old little boy driving tractors and semis all the time. <laughs> and the funnier thing too is that like if you go on your Instagram and you see like all of these like 
model photos and like your outfits and then like you go on your tiktok and like you're kind of like the ag version of like a hannah montana oh my gosh that's so funny like everybody like all my friends anybody i've ever met they're like you are hannah montana like you you are hannah montana like the city side of you and i'm like yeah i mean you're right so it's so funny that you made that analogy because i hear all the time Do you feel like you do have, like, not to be cheesy, but like the best of both worlds? Yes, because I, I did grow up in like the rural community. But like I said, we moved my freshman year of high school to Colorado, which was like a big culture shock to me because I went to a school where I literally had 12 kids in my class to a town where I had over 100 kids in my class so I was very homesick it was like a big adjustment for me but we did still come back in the summer so I did kind of have both of that but I'm really 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 grateful my parents did push us to move because I would say I probably would be still kind of stuck in like the small town rut of like the mindset and not wanting to leave but like now I'm like Anytime I am not having to like tend to crops or my child, I will be on a plane somewhere else. <laughs> do you think it's harder for people who do live in smaller areas to like go after the dreams? Or do you think like you would have gotten involved in like social media and done all of that side if you were still in a smaller town? That's a hard question because I I do see like a lot of like there are kids that have been around here that have gone and done amazing things um but I do think a majority I think here's like the weird stigma about small towns I feel like I explain it to people all the time it almost feels cultish which this isn't to like say it bad but like everybody like when you live here you are like protected everybody knows everybody like if there's somebody strange or something weird's going on you're gonna know about it within 30 minutes like that's like the great thing about it but I also feel like when you leave people are like where are you going like why are you leaving what and so I mean I love living here I'm really glad I get to raise my child in a small town because it does feel a lot safer but at the same time I am going to travel with her. I want her to see all these different opportunities and like realize that the the world is a lot bigger than just South Dakota. And so I think sometimes um, kids in smaller communities and stuff don't get to truly experience and feel and see like a bigger city and kind of like seeing how a lot of people in a city do get to go after like their passions like on a daily basis because the opportunity is more prevalent there. So I would say yes and no, because, you know, it's kind of hard to say absolutely not or absolutely yes, because I mean, my cousin, she um, grew up 30 miles away from here. She worked for entertainment tonight and worked with Ryan Seacrest every day. So, you know, I think either either you really have the drive to like leave or you absolutely are scared to leave. So like my fiance never really left. And so I had a work thing in Vegas last year and I like, he flew on a plane for the first time to come out and visit me. And so, you know, right away he, I think we fought about it for a month because he did not want to go. And so now it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like I love flying. That's so nice. Like you can drink like a, a Bloody Mary on the plane and get there just flying. So. (laughs)
That is awesome. What advice though would you give to someone that did like grow up in a smaller town or isn't like, I feel like there's such a difference between like people that grow up like LA where they see all these people who like use social media to their advantage, who are doing all these side hustles versus like small town America where most of us are. And like, we don't see that around us. What advice would you give to someone who wants to go after those dreams? I would say first and foremost, if there's, if you are a small town kid, I don't care. This is the biggest advice. Do not let anybody in your town tell you, you are like annoying. You are doing too much. Like that's so cringy. I've heard it all. I mean, just and I know it kind of like stems like a lot of people judging all, it always comes out of insecurity. So if you are going after your passion, you are doing it and somebody's trying to tear you down from that passion, it is all stemming from insecurity. So don't listen to the naysayers because they are just stuck in their own little rut. And so you keep doing you, you are probably doing amazing and I want you to keep going and that's all I've got for you, but that is it. Don't let them judge you to the point where you stop. So <laughs> what was your point in which you went from like, did you ever like were insecure when you started this, especially your TikTok? Cause it's, I'm sure people will look at your TikToks after this, but it's like significant yeah. followers. <laughs> what point did you hit that you were like, oh wait, this is it. Like, I feel like I get embarrassed when I make TikToks. Did you ever get to a point where you're like, oh, wait, I'm great at this. I'm doing amazing. I don't know if I ever like truly like got to a point. Like I did have like a lot of bullying kind of like in high school. That a lot of it stemmed from truly learning to work on myself and my own confidence because I will be the first to say like I... I would probably go cry to my mom like I would be so embarrassed of you know just like a hate comment now I get hate comments like on the daily which my mom still thinks is so funny I laugh about it but I will truly say like reading books and like journaling and writing affirmations truly is something that really keeps me in like the right headspace because and I know like some people like write it off or whatever and some people think it's selfish of me to like write like I am very confident like I am super smart and I'm doing great you know just affirmations on the daily and but I really think yourself like your subconscious really 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 internalizes it when you do write those things on a daily basis and you really like reflect to yourself like how you are doing great um and I will say like sometimes I fall into a rut of like not feeling good enough but I will say it's always when I'm not feeding myself first and I'm pouring into everybody else first so I love that I I absolutely love that I realized this summer like I hit burnout so hard and then one summer hit I made it like I'm gonna this one's so lame but I never took like naps or walks and I'm like almost done with college and this summer I started doing that and I started journaling and I was like wait a minute <laughs> I should have been doing this this entire time Yes. And reading like, like motivational books. Like I will say that girl stop apologizing book by, I think it's Rachel Hollis. I will say that book spoke to me. I recommended it to like all my friends. And I was like, I know like a lot of people know her books, but like, oh my gosh, she spoke to me. I loved every word that she wrote in that book. So if you are looking for a little bit of confidence and a little bit of motivation, I would 100% recommend that book. 
So what other advice would you give for someone who wants to maybe like merge, like they have multiple passions. I guess that's normal for everyone. There's no one that has like one set thing. Um, but what advice would you give to someone who like does feel like they have like these two separate lives almost and they're like embarrassed or scared to like put those two together? I would say there's no harm in trying. I mean, the worst you're gonna come out, that is, I still like kind of like second guess myself a lot when I make decisions. And I would say like, what is the worst that can happen? Truly like the worst thing you could do is fail. And what do you have to do? Start over. Like that is the absolute worst thing that could happen. You know, you might lose a little bit of money, but that is the absolute, you're not going to die. You'll be fine. And so I think like, you know, if you are looking to merge them, I kind of just happened to merge them just like by accident, by random, because I really didn't think they like went together. But I truly think like if you can find something mainstream, but do your little like twist on it, I think you found your your niche right there. That is so awesome. Um, so my last and like final question for you is what general advice I'm asking you for a lot of advice today but what general advice would you give to Gen Z um, that's like growing up right now I would just say don't don't doubt like, like what you're passionate about like if you find something that you are like very much strong like you seem like to keep coming back to it I think it's probably a sign you probably should go explore it um like I said there is absolutely no harm in trying or looking or just trying to experience something new like you were young one time and like you know, I say I've done like all these different things, but at the same time, like, I'm glad I'm just going all across the board, trying all these different things, because otherwise, I don't know, you know, I don't want to have regrets in 30 years or 40 years being like, oh, I wish I would have tried that or I would have tried this. Like, you are only young once. And I mean, why not find your good passion now? So... <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something useful. For more information, check out our show notes and follow us on our socials. As always, feel free to reach out and tune into the Gen Z Boss podcast every Tuesday for a new episode.